Right, well now this is a first, never done this before, but how exciting is this on the internet? Okay, there you go. If you think Soul is dead, then you just don't know about Daptone Records. One of the label's golden children is Charles Bradley, an American funk and soul singer who rose to fame in his early 50s. After running away from home in hopes of building a better life for himself as a kid, Bradley spent years working odd jobs and eventually began making a living as a James Brown impersonator in clubs under the name Black Velvet. It was this persona that co-founder of Daptone Records, Gabriel Roth, discovered Bradley and brought him under the label's now very famous wing. Alongside another Daptone signee, Menahan Street Band, Bradley's 2011 debut, No Time for Dreaming, was released, off of which today's track comes. The World is Going Up in Flames is the first song of Bradley's formative debut and is his most famous song to date. And although you might hear it on bad TV shows like Suits, the track is exemplary of Bradley's skill and soul as a musician. He's got a classic voice that resurrects a sense of soul. It's easy to think that it's long gone these days. You're listening to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Allie Hall, and this is The World is Going Up in Flames by Charles Bradley. You just heard The World is Going Up in Flames by Charles Bradley. Um, I think Bella and Gavin were sort of pseudo-blind listeners, and this might be their first time hearing that song what? within the past 12 hours. I've never heard that song before, ever. <laughs> I thought I was supposed to never heard that song before. Uh, this is Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. You're just, listening to I've Got Ox. I've, I've Got Ox. That's the True. show. We've got all the boxes checked. All the boxes. So guys, how was your in quotations, first experience hearing the song. I, I liked it. It's, I mean, what's well, not the like? I know. It sounds like they, they're just nailing a, a genre of music that already works. You yeah. Know? And so they're just making it, making it better or doing it again, you know, mm-hmm. which I have no problems with. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting to hear that you said he like, got famous when he was like yeah. 50 or something. That's I, crazy. That's, and that's that so insane? cool. This is just some like, middle-aged guy who's like you know what and just belted that out yeah (laughs) which is crazy i really liked it the more like the more i listen to this genre of music the more it becomes my favorite like it's like the feeling of soul is just i realize we have more of a a theme going on this semester with that uh, soul with the soul yeah yeah what was that song you played bella oh um, yeah yeah same vibe yeah but it's i think there's more wait when a, when a 50 year old guy says the world is going up in flames yeah then one like a 20 something does and the, there's a couple things to talk about there because in the few interviews that he's done mostly with like because he only put out a couple of albums before he passed away this song was released in 2011 which is that's insane. crazy Isn't that insane to think are about? you serious and i think there's also like we love music and so we might consume soul music from the 50s and 60s and like it a lot Mm -hmm. but i think it's something very different to have that kind of music produced and put out contemporary like as this is this is our world going up in flames Mm -hmm. um and so they're they're not talking about race riots in the 60s they're talking about 
now. Which has its time and its place, and we can enjoy that and appreciate that, but fundamentally, we will not connect to that the way that we will connect to music yeah, that's that crazy. speaks to our experience. That. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I think that Charles Bradley and I think Daptone Records as a whole and the artists that they bring in do a really good job of like harnessing that sort of neo soul vibe mm-hmm. and not not in a kitschy trying to just copy and paste a formula that's worked but in yeah. like we we have these things that we know work and how can we use those tools in these new artists and the, this kind of budding genre mm. yeah. to kind of reflect our le- our world now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. This, when I was listening to it, I was like this, and you mentioned the record label that there mm-hmm. apparently is a big, big thing. Yeah. It's like, who else? Because the way that it was produced reminded me of something. I'm like, this reminds me of that one song by Sharon Jones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, Sharon and the Jones. Daptones. Yeah. And this song, which like you just know by the intro, like I, I this is on my good music from 60s and 70s playlist because I thought it was from yes. the 60s and 70s. This song by her, like it's so good. It's so yes, yes. Like yes, you could tell me that was from 1967, and I would believe you. I think Sharon Jones and Charles Bradley are like two of the 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 high of like the golden children of mm-hmm. Daptone and that like I don't know if you know uh these sacred souls oh my gosh I was just listening yeah. to a song by them like Daptone has a very signature sound to it I think sometimes you know people people don't like labels people have all their opinions about labels that are completely valid I work for one so I feel like I can <laughs> I can be like they suck but they're also like the best and I think Daptone historically with people like Charles Bradley has just created such like a wonderful and sustainable brand and a culture that kind of cultivates really earnest, good music. And Bradley is like a perfect example of that. Um, And I think also like what I was hitting, what Gavin sort of began to mention is like, even though the song, The World is Going Up in Flames, seems not negative, but seems maybe a little dreary, all of his interviews and the majority of his work has a hopeful undertone. Like, even in this song, he's begging for someone to take responsibility. Yeah. So even if it's like the world is going up in flames, no one wants to take the blame. There's still this acknowledgement of like, it's kind Something of on all of us. Something can be done. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there, there is a, there's a, a sense of community within, I think, a lot, a lot of his work. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. And I realized too, I, the, the mix is in mono. Mm-hmm. For all those, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> audio, the way it's produced is very important to this record label because it's yes. all about capturing that sound. But that's something that's, that most people would overlook. They're like, why would you ever want to go back to mono recordings mm-hmm. you know, and not have left and right ears, you know? Hmm. But I could totally see if you're trying to emulate a, a style of music, you yeah. would kind of limit yourself to the parameters that they had. Mm-hmm. And, and it's great. And it works. And it, it works. Yeah. It delivers every single time. Mm-hmm. And he's so he's also he's famous for a couple songs. This I think is like the one that showed up in a lot of TV shows and people probably shows up in an algorithm mix. Yeah. But he also did a cover of is it Black Sabbath song Changes? Oh. Yes, Changes. Uh, there's a very famous there's a couple of videos of him doing it. I think there's one very famous one where he's like sweating and sort of giving it. Oh my gosh. I might have seen that on like Instagram yeah. or something. Yeah. It's very James Brown of him. Right. Yes. It's oh. extremely it's very, very passionate. And I think he kind of breathes 
soul not to overuse that word too much in this episode but he breathes that into yeah. a song that maybe other people wouldn't listen to or people who listen yeah. to yeah, charles bradley sure. wouldn't want and to that's get. impressive like yes. that's impressive stuff to make black sabbath like, yeah as some sort of soul song and i that think is crazy the year that this album came out or at least in the years that he kind of became famous there was like this little document i don't want to call it a little documentary there was a documentary about his life because it's so profound like the heart chip that he overcame mm-hmm. and he kind of just stumbled upon success i mean being in a club and hoping a record guy is gonna be there is like this this story we've heard a million times yeah. especially nowadays yeah though, like, exactly no way nowadays even 10 years ago it's like well that's not really how that works mm-hmm. um but would you expect charles bradley to have like an instagram or a band camp uh no <laughs> he's he's doing james brown impersonations at a club um So I think he kind of stumbled into success and there was never this assumption or this pride that a lot of artists had. He Mm. was always just kind of himself making music. Yeah. And I think that's because he came to fame so late. Um, He didn't he didn't have the opportunity to kind of be swept up in all the stuff that doesn't matter. That reminds me of kind of Charlie Crockett, too. Yeah. Just kind of like. Yeah. Aimlessly wandering through life and then music just kind of happened for him. It happens. That's that's great. Yeah. And the whole album is that there's a some just this album start to finish, especially as a debut is is crazy. Um, But the whole album is very grounded and authentic and all of the things that I think modern times we say don't exist or like we we are in some way we are some way lacking in and maybe in the mainstream we're lacking in those things but it's there if you Mm want to find it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. these albums and these artists exist it's just a matter of like what gets super platformed yeah for sure um because this guy was still successful this label is still one of the most famous labels it's like it's just not maybe what you're seeing on instagram yeah yeah that's interesting too like the relationship that he has with the label. Yes. I feel like that's such a very uncommon tale. The yes. fact that like the label is sharing his mission in a way to mm-hmm. create the same kind of thing. Where I feel like nowadays it's always the the artist well, dragging the yeah, the artist is dragging yeah. his feet and like, okay, I guess I'll I'll write you know, Ed Sheeran's like I guess I'll write Shape of You, you know, like because right. you guys want another <laughs> hit or something like that. Yeah. When I don't know, I feel there's a lot more personal connection between the the label and the artists yeah. in a cohesive journey. And I feel like, not to bring up the 1975, but with their <laughs> label, Dirty Hit, I, I see that yeah, a lot Dirty in the hit. way that the the artists on that label interact with yes. each other and they help mm-hmm. each other with their music. And there's a, the, a vibe of a Dirty Hit song that I'm sure this is very similar to yeah. Adapt Tone song. Yeah. You know, they, they all share a similar goal in in the music that they're making so it's kind of cool and the extension of that goal is that what i admire a lot about daptone is a lot of their records and and the things that they sell are still very affordable like they don't try to jack up lp prices to mm-hmm. 40 50 bucks it's like they still keep it at like 23 it, it like it, that. because their their goal is to share the music not necessarily mm-hmm. always maximize profit which is completely understandable in a business mm-hmm. setting like of course that's what it's going to do you know but yeah i think that it, it takes sort of these labels that have a culture behind them that give them the opportunity to give people like bradley a platform that's you know awesome, and give yeah. that music to people who are looking for it like because i think kind of like what you guys were saying just increasingly like it's harder for 
I mean, I'm not a musician, so I don't know. But obviously, like, I can imagine the hardships of wanting to make a sound like this right now and yes. finding someone to, like, help you do that. Or yeah. be on Who board. Who actually cares. You know. Yeah, be on board. And, like, and I think also, I mean, I think the success of the label, like, should say something. Like, I mean, it's working. It's making money still. And yeah. I just, like, I hope that, I hope that, more people are doing that yeah i mean that's really general but you know and i also think sometimes about like there's other people out there who like especially this this idea came into my mind when we were listening to charlie crockett last last year like there's probably like thousands of secret hidden people out there who want to make music like this (laughs) and just will never get the chance because it's not popular enough anymore like you know what i mean like there's nothing there there's no resources there's barely any label who will help them do that or whatever and it's just like imagining all these people like who could make this awesome music and like bring back this sound which is just so crazy that he captured the vibe of that and I think it's really interesting also like when you listen to a song like that and you genuinely like think it was from like back then or whatever oh yeah because sometimes people try to do the sound and it sounds good but you can tell like you know what I mean yes and it's just yeah and I don't know any of the technical stuff behind the music but that's like such a crazy feeling when you're when you find out you're wrong. Like, yeah. you know what you mm-hmm. mean? And you're like, whoa. Okay. You feel like you're like, so, like, this is cool. Yeah. Like, someone, what? someone did something like I've been, yeah. and I've been listening to Charles Bradley for a long, like longer than I had expected. But just like you guys, I kind of thought it was like an older album. Yeah. And then I worked with the James Hunter six, who's another Daptone signee. And he like used to do background vocals for Van Morrison, like wow. had this oh inc- incredible backstory. And his stuff too, like you listen to it and it sounds like it's from the 60s. Mm. And I, I read in an interview before I spoke with him, um, I, I it, the interviewer asked him sort of like, how do you and other artists kind of feel about being asked about this quote retro sound? Yeah. And he had a very great reply, which is just sort of like, we don't even think it's retro. It's just kind of how my voice sounds. Like, it, it's just kind of, <laughs> it's, it's just what works. It's the music we enjoy listening to. Yeah. And it's the music we enjoy making, which I thought was a, a very interesting, like reframing of how we are viewing these sort of like renaissances in certain genres in, in Americana, in, in soul. Like how are we, is it always just going to be this repackaging or, or does it take more than just replicating Otis Redding? You know, do you actually have to have something to say? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. the answer is yes. And this is a perfect example of that. And it, I can see that the years of, of copying James Brown to a T, obviously that, that was his job was to, to mimic this great musician. When it came time to make his own music, part of that was in his identity at that point. So mm-hmm. when he went to make his own art, his the things that he had taken from James Brown were less of an act at that point and more of just something that he did, you know, like because yeah. every time he sang, he he did that with his voice, you know, and so it's not like oh, I can tell he's trying to sound like so and so in this song. Yeah, it's like it's genuine. It's genuine because that's just how he sings now, and I can imagine that's probably helped him a lot mm-hmm. just to study. You know, you look at uh, what's his name that that guy who did the Elvis movie. Austin Butler. Austin Butler. And everyone's like, your voice is stuck in Elvis mode, you know? Oh, like, yeah, that's true. And at this point, he could, you know, he's... I don't know who I believe on that topic. <laughs> I saw him one time really defending himself, being like, you I work mean, on the movie for five years. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, but, but there's no way. But and then sometimes I'm like, maybe, but... Yeah, but I don't know. It, after a while, it becomes natural and he can do the, the role of Elvis right. without 
having to think of that, you know, remember his lines and remember how to hold his mouth and speak. Yeah. You know, and you, and I think emulating that, that retro sound is becomes easier. Yeah. Which is and adding, very cool. adding your own to the mix. And there's, yeah. there's, um, he performed it, I think South by Southwest. I always forget which, whatever is the Texas whatever. One. Yeah. I think that's it. And it, it's, it's the recording shows all of the songs in his set and it's just like, I can nice. sit there and watch that for hours. Man. There's just, he's so engaged and he's so convincing with his performance. It's like, yeah. he's not even trying to convince you of something. You're, he's just trying to convince you to be present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and even through a recording, you know, that's extremely evident. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Good for this guy. Well, you've been listening to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. And today we've been discussing Charles Bradley and the song The World is Going Up in Flames. And a little bit about Daptone and Neo, Neo Soul. Neo Soul. Yeah. All righty, guys. We'll catch you guys next week. See you next week. See you. Bye. Bye.